become so clock-eyed now on my watch here. I'll just get it right. Revelation, amen, reading tonight from the 20th chapter and verse number 15. And it reads like this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into what? The lake of fire. Now remember this, all through this lesson tonight. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We're first going to understand that after the battle of Gog and Magog, which is the consummation of the things in this world, the number one thing that's going to happen right after that is the great deceiver of mankind, Satan himself, according to the word of God, is going to receive his just reward. He is going to be bound by the power of God, and he's going to be cast, according to the word of God, into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. So that's going to fix it up for him. That's going to tie him up. That's going to, uh, he knows that's going to be his demise. But we've got to understand right now he's still alive and well. He's still working. Every day the devil is working feverishly trying to get you to stray from the paths of God's righteousness because he knows his time's running out. If he can get you to detour from church one night, he knows that's one more chance he'll have to work on your mind and your heart to detour you from living for the Lord. So his time is limited as far as the church is concerned. When the church is taken out of here, then the devil will no longer be able to deceive the hearts and minds of the elect of God. So he realizes that his demise is coming. In Revelation 20 and 10, we understand that it's coming to an end. So now we find the devil is working with everything he's got. There is so much uh, coming on because he knows his doom is at hand. He knows that once the rapture of the church takes place, then there ushers in the seven years, which is the great tribulation. Then there comes along when the Lord comes back with his saints and rules and reigns in this world for a thousand years when the nature of the beast will be changed, the lion will be led by a little child, and all these things turn around. There will be a peace across the whole world. He knows he's got to work right now while there's still time. And so that's why there's so many falling. That's why people are selling the Lord out. That's why church attendance, not just in the apostolic ranks, but in the ranks of all denominational churches, they're falling off. Preachers are having to work harder. Saints are having to work harder than they've ever had to work in their life to maintain their church attendance. You say, well, Brother Willis, the big church uptown's doing well, but it's doing everything it can possibly do. It's using every kind of program, every kind of outreach, every kind of scenario that it can find to bring people in. It's doing that. It's having to work very, very hard. So he's determined himself, the devil is, to force mankind to serve him. If he can force man to serve him, then man will lose out with God and he'll go serving, and as the scripture said, he'll go a-whoring like Israel did after the wiles of this world. So he wants to force you into the eternal fate that he's got. He wants you to go to hell. The devil wants nothing for you except you to go to hell. He does not want to do anything nice for you. 
He doesn't want to do anything kind for you. The only thing the devil has and his ulterior motive is that everybody in this building, everybody in this county, everybody in the state of Indiana and the United States of America and the entire world goes to hell. That's what he's trying to do. And so every trick that he can try, he's going to try to get you from living for God. So once he is disposed, once Satan's done away with, then the Bible said man is going to stand before the white throne of judgment. Every man, the scripture says, is going to stand. Not the church. The church will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give according, account according to the deeds that they have done. But every man that's not found written in the book of life and the reason John mentioned the book of life in these, in these chapters was to let folks know that the condemnation was if your name's not found in the book of life, then evidently somewhere you messed up. Somewhere you missed it. Somewhere you didn't do right. So when men stand before the great white throne of judgment, amen, they're going to have to give account according to their life. And friend, if their name's not found written in the Lamb's book of life, and it's not get there by being voted on by a church. And it doesn't get there by being, being uh, your hand being shook by a preacher. The only way your name could get in the Lamb's book of life is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. By a man being born again of water and spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and living an overcoming life. And so, by that means, a man can determine and a man can make up his mind if he wants to live for God, then he can have eternal bliss and fellowship with God. If right now he gets his name written in the Lamb's book of life, but when man becomes before the great white throne of judgment, it's too late for him. It's too late. That's gonna be it. When he stands before God at the great white throne of judgment, the Bible said the books were open. Somebody said, well, what in the world books was it? Friend, I want to tell you that right now, God's keeping an indelible account of every act you do, everything you say, the very thoughts and the intents of your heart, according to this Bible, are being recorded. God's watching what you do. He watches what I do, where I go, what I say. God's keeping account of us. You say, but God's not a watchdog. He's not going to follow you around sniffing out your tracks. May I say to you that God is omnipresent. God knows all things. He knows the very thoughts and the intents of your heart. The Bible said God knows you so well that the very hair on your head is numbered. That which is done in secret, the scripture said is going to be proclaimed on the housetop. There have been a many a church member that have went on Sunday morning and sung, oh how I love Jesus, that sat in the bar drunk as a skunk on Saturday night and said you picked the wrong time to leave me Lucille. Those folks, they might fool the congregation, they might fool the preacher, but they're not going to fool God because God is the record keeper of eternity. Man, my friend, does not keep your records, but God keeps your records. The preacher is the steering wheel of the congregation. He tries to guide you and direct you and help you miss the bad spots in the road. But when it comes to record keeping, the preacher can, all he can do is keep how much you give. The secretary will tell your contributions. The preacher can tell how much you've come to church. But when it comes to an eternal record, 
There's an eternal God, hallelujah, with an indelible pen that writes everything down that you do. You said, God's not that concerned about me. Yes, he is. God knows everything about you. Amen. John describes the frightening moment of divine judgment in a very special way. Turn your Bible, if you would, with me to Revelation, the 20th chapter. And I want to read, you're right there. Let's read verse number 11 and verse number 12 of chapter 20. Here's how John described that great and notable day when man stand before God. The scripture said, and John wrote, and I saw a great what? White throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven did what? Fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in what? The books according to their what? Works. Somebody said, well, preacher, once you get saved, you're always saved. That's not true. That's not true. That's not somebody said, well, preacher, I got saved and I go to church every day. Listen, going to church don't make you a Christian no more than sleeping in the garage makes you a car. You hear me? It don't. You've got to have an experience with God. And that experience is an everyday experience with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here we find that the books were opened and then another book was opened. Somebody said, why in the world at the great white throne of judgment would they have to open the book of life along with the other books? As I said a moment ago, it's to let men see. God can run his finger down the line. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he'll probably say, hey, bud, you're not in this book. So you have to be listed in these books. The important thing is to get your name in the right book. That's exactly what you got to do. So here we find the difference between the white throne of judgment, amen, and the judgment seat of Christ is where the saints are going to be judged according to their works. At the great white throne of judgment is where the sinners are going to be judged according to their works. Now someone might ask Brother Willis, why in the world would he, he judge people that, that, that they know they're going to hell? Why would God judge them? For the simple reason is this. I believe that there are degrees in hell. I really do. Somebody said, no, it's just a burning inferno and everybody's going to tumble and toss and roast and pop and, and cry and scream. No, sir, I don't believe so. I believe that there are degrees in hell. One thing, when you choose not to serve Jesus Christ, you have automatically made your choice to go to hell. You really have. So when you get to the hell, you're going to find out at this great white throat of judgment, God's going to read those books. Now, you might not understand this, but the greatest degree of punishment is not going to be for the man who's never known God and never heard the gospel and never bowed his knee at an altar of prayer, but the greatest degree of hell is going to be for people who, friend, heard the word of God and refused the word of God and would not accept Bible truths. Hell for them is going to be a torment like no other torment can ever be. I don't believe there's a writer descriptive enough. Steven Spielberg, in all of his imagination of his movie theory, could not create a movie 
that would be so tormenting to the mind as hell's going to be. Alfred Hitchcock and all of those horror pictures that he made years ago, Alfred Hitchcock could not make a picture to describe what one moment in hell's going to be like. So here we find in the word of God that judgment is going to come here at the great white throne of judgment. When God opens the books to the sinner, he's going to judge them out of those books according to the deeds done where? In their mortal body. Remember the scripture said, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. Cast your bread upon the waters and in many days it shall what? It's going to return back to you again. So here we find in the word of God that God is going to judge man according to what he has done. Amen. And the saints of God will be there with, with Jesus Christ. You might say, well, what's the purpose of them being here and not being judged? Let me say this. Once the marriage of the Lamb takes place, once the church of Jesus Christ is called out of here, the writer said we're going to be forever with the Lord. Wherever he goes, the church is going to be there. Whatever he does, the church is going to participate in. The bride is not going to leave her husband. And when he comes to judge the world, amen, and the world comes to the great white throne of judgment, the saints of God are going to be standing there as spectators learning because there's going to be a time that the saints of God, according to the Bible, are going to judge the angels. So they're going to see what's going on at the great white throne of judgment. The Bible said, John said, that all the dead, now, if you'll note this word dead, when John said all the dead, he, he meant those dead physically, but did he not also mean those dead spiritually? You hear me? Because when they stand before this great white throne of judgment, they're going to be dead spiritually. And they're going to be judged. You know, the sad part about it is, there's been many a preacher who has preached the gospel, that has left the gospel, went out in sin, and they're going to be standing right here before the great white throne of judgment, and their punishment that God gives out to them is going to be greater than some of the congregation that they preach to. I believe that with all my heart. Preachers that stood in the pulpit and robbed people of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars who schemed and their lives were filled with immorality, and their lives were filled with ungodliness and adultery and fornication and homosexuality. Men, hell, they're going to burn hotter, friend, than anybody else in the world is going to burn. Jesus looked one time at the Pharisees and the scribes, and he told them, he wanted them to understand that they were going to face a punishment. My goodness, that was going to far surpass the punishment of those that they were condemning. Why? because they were wearing the cloak of righteousness on the outside, but on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. If God can't stand anything, he can't stand a hypocrite. He can't do it. So then he's going to judge them according to the works that they done. Here we find that when the books are open, you can read in several verses of Scripture, in John and in Romans and in Matthew and Revelation, Mark, 2 Thessalonians, you can read about these books being open. The Bible talks about it all through the New Testament. There are no other books mentioned in the Word of God except the book of life, and then it simply says the books, which is the book of lives, if I can put it like that. There is the book of life, because the only way you get life is through Jesus Christ. 
When you get him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. That's what he said. So when you come to him, you get life. You get in the book of life. Then the books are made up of lives of men and women who have spurned God, who didn't want anything to do with God, who spent their life in riotous living, whose lip was always hung over the bottle of booze, whose jaw was always filled with tobacco, the cigarettes in their hand, the ungodliness in their mind, the filth that they buy, the things they do, the child molestation that goes on today that's rocking the world all across America. It's the filth and rot. All of this is going to be brought out right here. This is not going to be a pretty sight. When men stand before the great white throne of judgment, God's not going to bar any holes. If a man stands there and you've read about it, there'll be people stand there and said, God, we've cast out devils in your name. We prayed for the sick and they've recovered. We prayed for the blind and they've received their sight. But then what's going to make the difference? God's going to open the book of life and if he can't find their name, he's going to start checking the books and he'll tell them why they're not saved. God ain't going to pet, pet any of us. He's not going to put up with sin. He died that man would get out of the sinning business. And God help these pampering preachers today who tell folks, oh, it don't matter. God's a loving God. He died for your sin. Go on and have your fun. Your sin's already forgiven. No, God died that you would get out of sin. When Jesus Christ came and went to Calvary, he went to Calvary that you would get out of sin. The Bible said, he that's born of God doth not commit sin. That's what the scripture says. Then it says, he that committeth sin is of the what? Not of Jesus Christ. But the Bible said, he's of the devil. The books, if I'm not mistaken, that God opens, I wouldn't venture to say that I would venture to say that 66 of them we carry around with us every time we come to church. Because in those 66 books of the Bible is the guidelines of life. And when we look at those 66 books, it tells us how we ought to live, how we ought to walk, how we ought to talk, how we ought to pray. It tells us how to get born again of water and spirit. Listen, folks, we'd be better off if we leave a lot of man's history books alone and pick up this Bible and read what this Bible says about salvation. Somebody said, but I'd rather believe what John Wesley said or I'd rather believe what Mary Baker Eddy said or I'd rather believe, you better believe what this Bible said. If we're gonna found our life upon this Bible, we better take it word for word and believe what it says in this book about salvation. If we don't, we're liable to wake up too late and when we wake up, it could be right here at the great white throne of judgment. So one of the greatest condemnations of a man's life is that he did not believe the word of God. In John chapter 12, verse number 48, I want you to listen to what John wrote. Jesus said, he that rejected me and received not my what? Words. Isn't this what the scripture said? He that rejected me and received not my words has one that judgeth him. That one is the word that I had spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. This right here. This ain't gonna judge you. I don't believe I'm gonna have to stand there beside God and say, no, no, no. 
Sister Gates just didn't live right, Lord. You can't let her in. I'm going to have to say a word. Because it's going to know everything about us. This word here that we've rejected, this word here that we wouldn't obey, this word here that we trampled underfoot, this word, isn't it amazing how people take their Bibles? It's the greatest four-leaf clover press you've ever seen in all of your life. We use it to press the roses off of the, off of the, the spray that was on Mother's coffin. We put it in our Bible and use it in the juices, squeeze out into the papers of God's holy word. It's a great flower press and four-leaf clover press. Listen, it's more than that. It's the book of life. Salvation is in the pages of God's holy word. Here we find that this thing is going to judge. Paul said even the thoughts are recorded right now. Right now, our thoughts are going to come up against us on that day, and they're going to judge us also. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 2, verse number 15. Amen in verse number 16. Listen to what the word of God says. Romans 2 verse 15 and verse number 16. The Bible said, Which shew the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing what? Witness. Listen to what it said. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts and the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of all men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, our conscience will stand against us. Nothing's going to be hidden from God. The secrets of our thoughts is going to be used as evidence against the unbeliever. We're going to have to face it, friend, just like it is. Christ declared that the words of our conversation, the very words we speak, would be the words that would decide our fate. Let me, let me tell you folks something. Somebody said it don't matter what I say. Yes, it does too. I don't know how many times the Bible talks about being damned. I don't know how many times it uses the phrase hell. But it's talking about a literal place. I am shocked and appalled at the people who claim themselves to be Christians and use the word damn and the word hell in a very derogatory manner. That's true. The very words that you use are going to be the words that condemn you. Said, I'll beat your blank head off. I'll kick the blank out of you. That ain't no, that ain't no Christian talk. Those words, the very words that's in this Bible, when you use them, they're going to condemn you. I used that kind of talk when I was a sinner. I used that kind of talk before I got saved. I remember I was riding in some car with some boys one night, and all the boys was filled with the Holy Ghost, Brother Buck, and I climbed in that car. It was a Studebaker Silver Hawk. Man, that thing had run. That boy kicked that car, and it went down the road, and I said, man, this thing runs like a bat out of blank. And when I said that, man, them boys' mouths dropped open, and they looked over me, and I wasn't saved, but they was, and they wasn't used to talk like that. But it surprised you, the people who claim the Holy Ghost today that use the words damn and hell and all of those little words, they have no business using. Those words are going to condemn them. You said, oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Jesus said this, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 
For by the words that thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. If your kids said that, you'd knock their brains out. Don't talk like that, but you'd be surprised, the adults that do. A young boy that attended this church several years ago was a very good friend of my oldest son. And he told, he told John, he said, John, man, my mom gets mad and just cusses me out. Somewhere her words are going to condemn her. You listen to me? And right here at this great white throne of judgment, it is all going to be brought out. Everything. The secrets of men's heart are going to be revealed. Amen. So, here's the thing. Here we find in the Word of God the unbeliever's filthy, blasphemous language on the day of judgment is going to be used as one of the things of the great white throne of judgment to condemn him. You heard that little, little kids used to sing when I was, remember years ago they'd say, be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little mouth what you speak. For the Father up above, whatever it is, it goes on. Some of y'all probably know that. But we that claim to be children of God, we got to realize that we are different. And this right here is going to bring it out. There's a record being kept. Here we find that both the believer's works and the unbeliever's works are going to stand in judgment. The unbeliever's works will stand here at the great white throne of judgment. The believer's works will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. So you're going to be judged, and I'm going to be judged. Amen. Maybe not at the white throne of judgment. God help me. I don't want to, I don't want to stand in front of the judge on that day. I'd like to be standing beside him. But there's going to be a time that we as believers are going to be judged and God's going to say, how many souls did you win to God? Well, God, I didn't win very many. I didn't have time. What do you mean you didn't have time? What about all them hours you stayed at home? What about that time you sit and watch television all day long? What about that time that you felt like that you'd rather do something else than working for God? You're going to be judged. Everybody's going to face a judgment of some sort or another. Here we find, the Bible said, and the dead were judged of those things which were written in the books according to the word. That's simply the actions and the deeds of the ungodly. Whatever they have done, they're going to be a positive and concrete testimony against them about their ungodly life here at the great white throne of judgment. I personally don't want to go to hell. I don't want to. I want to be saved. Jesus, give us an example. Here's what he said in Matthew 28 and verse number 19. He said, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Listen to this. You know this scripture. And he that believeth what? The gospel. Isn't that what it said? He that believeth the gospel. That's not in the scripture, but it's inferring he that believes the gospel and is baptized shall be saved. Then the scripture goes on to say, but he that believeth not, believeth not what? The gospel. You've got to believe the gospel. If you don't believe the gospel, the Bible said you're going to be damned. 
You've got to believe the gospel. You say, well, I'll take part of this, but I don't want any of the rest of it. You'd be surprised the people that don't even believe you have to be baptized. The Bible said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That right there don't leave any loophole. Every man has got to be baptized. Has got to be baptized. For you devour widows' houses. Now listen to this. And for a pretense make long prayer. And therefore ye shall receive. And here's why I believe there's degrees in hell. He said you're going to receive a greater damnation. Listen, folk, and I don't, want to, I don't want to offend anybody, but people like Jim and Tammy Baker and all their conniving and filth-getting and stealing and homosexuality and ungodly lives, hell's going to be so hot. I mean that. People that have robbed and stole and little ladies who have lived on meager incomes and have sent their incomes to folks like that are going to burn in hell because they're ungodly lives. Them men are going to burn. And women are going to burn. And at this great white throne of judgment, God's going to tell it like this. Somebody said, oh, but brother, let's show the love of God. When it comes to sin, friend, there is a limit. When it comes to sin, according to the word of God, is a limit. Deceit, cruelty, hypocrisy, self-righteousness. According to the word of God, they seem to demand greater punishment than anything a man can do. That's tough. But that's the way it's going to be. Then according to the word of God, after all this is accomplished, that's then God will remove all the filth, all the sin, out of all his dominion. Then is going to come, according to the word of God, the second death. The second death will have no power on the saved. None. The second death is not a laying down and going to sleep but a second death is an eternal torment in the flames of hell. A second death is an agonizing, grueling, terrible time that will last throughout eternity. And eternity cannot be measured in minutes and seconds and days and weeks because in eternity there's no time clock. I want to miss this. I said, I want to miss this. I don't want to be standing in front of this. I'll be standing with Jesus Christ, but I don't want to stand in front of this. What should you do to miss it? I'll tell you what you need to do. And the reason men are standing here now is because they joined the rebel ranks of the devil. When the devil rebelled against God, then fell to this earth, man joined right in and began to rebel. We don't want to, we want to do what we want to do, preacher. That's why they're going to stand here. But you that want to be saved, and you that want to be overcomers, and you that want to go up when God takes his bride out, you've got to realize that you have got to become a separate people, saith the Lord. You've got to live holy, righteously, soberly. You can't cheat and lie and steal and run around on your wife and husband. You can't do that kind of stuff. You can't get in the back room at work and have a crap game and, and, and then tip the bottle and, and sneak around every now and then and stick you a little uh, uh, L.S. Garrett in your, whatever Garrett it is, in, in your lip and spit that old brown juice and just say, boy, I'm just doing all right. No, sir. The Bible said we need to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Folks, you need to make preparations. You need to miss the great white throne of judgment as far as being one who will stand before the maker. You need to make your mind up that you want to be saved.
If I didn't want to be saved for any other reason, number one, I love God. That's why I want to make it. But when I read what's coming to people who did not live for God and refused the Word of God and rebelled and come against the Word of God and would not accept it, friend, it scares me literally. I don't hardly know what to do. And sure as I'm standing here, it's going to happen. And the church is going to leave here mighty soon. That's why we've got to get ready. As musicians come tonight, remember what the scripture said, and whosoever was now not found written in the Lamb's book of life, in the book of life, was cast into what? The lake of fire. That's true. You see, I don't think tonight that I'll do any good if I stand up here and tell you that don't matter what you do, it does matter what you do. And it does matter how you're saved. Because only one way to be saved. You can search the scripture through and through. Somebody said, he that believeth, preacher, if you call upon the Lord, you're going to be saved. That's right. And you'll read the word of God where they called upon the Lord. How did they do that? They called upon him. And they repented of their sins. They got baptized. The scripture said they did. They received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking out of the tongues. They lived godly house, uh, godly lives. They continued from house to house in the apostles' doctrine. They loved the Lord because they didn't want to be there standing before God at the great white throne of judgment. We can't hide. No, sir. Everything we do is going to come to light. That's why John Willis has got to do his best to make it. Amen. I made my mind up a long time ago as a preacher. I don't ever want to preach anything. Tell people they've got to do that I don't do myself. That's true. If I preach it, you can bank on it. I do it. That's true. Because it can't be do as I say. It's got to be do as I do. And if it ain't good enough for the preacher to live by if it ain't good enough for him to walk by, then friend, he's not living right. It's good enough for him to live by. When that great white throne sets up and all the dead are called, the sea gives up the dead which is in them. Death and hell gives up the dead which is in them. All the ceaseless ages of time, men begin to resurrect and stand before that great white throne of judgment. It's going to be sad news. There'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Lord's going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Why? Because God has the ability to erase you from his memory. And he can forget you eternally. There's a great day coming, folks. There's a time coming. Boys, amen. And I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Are you living like God wants you to live? Are you walking like God wants you to walk? Are you talking like God wants you to talk? Because if you're not, he's recording it. And the books are going to be open. We've got to be saved. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Glory be to God.